it's time now for St. Mary Healthline. Your health is your most precious asset, and every Wednesday at 9 a.m., you can tune in for advice on how to better manage your health. Hear about important medical issues from the doctors and professionals across all service lines from St. Mary Medical Center. So without any further ado, it's time now for the St. Mary Healthline. All right, what's on the docket today? We're talking about men's health. I got to feel like there's a Tim Allen routine in there. Oh, 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 men's health. Oh, yes. And who are we talking to today? Dr. Michael Bickle, men's health, St. Mary's. Good to see you, Doc. Better late than never, right? That's right. That's right. Great to be here. That's right. Well, you know, it's kind of similar to maybe waiting in the doctor's office every once in a while. You get held up a little bit. It's, yeah, uh, it's sort of gives just a, once in a while, unfortunately. It, it happens. But it does. But we do have a lot of ground to cover here. You've been with St. Mary's a couple of years That's now. right. Yep, going my third year now. What, uh, what got you into the, the line of work that you're doing in medicine? Yeah, it's a great question. It's kind of a strange field, urology. People ask me that all the time. How would you end up choosing it? And uh, honestly, just kind of fell into it. I, I did a rotation uh, during medical school and just kind of seemed to click. Clicked with the people I was working with, kind of enjoyed working with that patient population. And uh, it's a surgical cool. subspecialty, so it was nice to be in the OR one, two days a week and then be in the office the other two. So it's a nice kind of a lot of variability and uh, – uh, and just enjoyed it. So right, and uh, you've been with St. Mary's three years. Did they come after you? Recruit you from someplace else, or you went uh, to them? You know, just it was uh, the 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 group that I joined. I worked with when I was a resident. The the other two uh, doctors on staff there, right. and um, we had been communicating. And uh, yeah, just kind of it was a nice, a very nice fit. So. A good match too. Yeah, and and the the, the things we're going to be talking about today, men's health, and boy. Yeah, trying to maybe draw everybody out. I think now, I think people are a little more, guys are a little more forthcoming about uh, what's going on. And rather than fret about it, do something about it, right? Yeah, I I 100% agree with you. It's kind of a nice time to be involved in men's health because of actually everything that, from the women's standpoint, the, the amount of work that they've done to really kind of get the word out for things like breast cancer. Yeah. And all the awareness that's out there, it's slowly trickled into the men's domain. I think we're doing a great job. Well, yeah, it's a good uh, segue trickled in there, and you're in your <laughs> urology. That's a that's a that's a good that's a good segue. You have, have a career in radio here. You know, one of the things you do, uh, you know, having some of these procedures or whatever, is sometimes in an exam, what you're doing, you you might find something else. I that's mean, right. uh, I saw a urologist many, maybe twenty years ago. Uh, and talking about your PSAs and prostate, and they said, "Hey, uh, bud, you got a you got a hernia in there," yeah. and that's how and that's how I was d- diagnosed with that. So, that's you, a, you, I mean, it, I mean, it's not it's like a lottery kind of thing, but that's uh, it, a, in a way, it's a blessing in disguise. It is. It's yeah. a, an excellent segue, actually, yeah. into something that maybe we'll touch on a little bit later. Yeah. But I, I deal a lot with erectile dysfunction, and something yeah. that's sort of new to the realm of erectile dysfunction yeah. is identifying patients that are at risk for cardiovascular disease. So we are able to identify patients that have uh, or are at risk for cardiovascular disease about two to three years before a heart attack would occur, simply based on the presence of erectile dysfunction. So yeah, we're able to, to sort of identify things that fall outside of our domain from a urologic perspective, and uh, it's a it's it's really kind of a fascinating time in medicine. Sure is, and uh, uh, you're in in involved with andrology, 
and urology. Is there a difference between the two? It really just a fancy way of saying men's health. You okay. Know? Just a fancy way of focusing in on erectile dysfunction, uh, male factor infertility, and uh, low testosterone, things like that. Yeah, I, I, I can uh, um, maybe get paid twice. Maybe that's right. Maybe that's good. Yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? But uh, we talk about markers and things that can be almost a masking agent for something else. I had a, a over... 20, 25 years ago, uh, cardiomyopathy. Oh. And one of the things is, you know, so, well, we don't know. It could be an immune system thing. We don't know. A virus gets in there. And one of the questions they asked me is, uh, you know, have you been, you know, had uh, sex with anybody but your wife? I mean, it might be in an autoimmune. That's, yeah. I came yeah. out of, whoa, hey, oh. Came out of left field. I had to, you know, had to make sure I wasn't taking the lie detector test on that <laughs> one. But it was a legitimate question. And, and those are the kind of Things that you you're sort of on the yeah. uh, on a hunt kind of a thing. It's a, a, in the medicine that you're working on, doctor. You know, we get asked a lot. This is kind of a strange one, a myth that we can dispel while we're you know getting started here. But a lot of patients will come and ask me. They'll say, "Doc, I had a, a vasectomy 20 years ago, and I was told that's a risk factor for mm. prostate cancer." Yeah. I don't know if you've heard this, but uh, in fact, there is a link between having a vasectomy and your risk for developing prostate cancer later on in life. But urologists were thinking that that doesn't make any sense. You know, yeah. take, taking out a segment of the vas deferens, which is just a tube, it's a conduit tube that carries you know, ejaculate and, and sperm, you know, out of the body. Why would cutting that and removing it lead to prostate cancer later on in life? So we, they looked, scratched the surface a little bit deeper, and it's kind of an interesting thing. It turns out that men that have had a vasectomy are more likely to be married. They're more likely to have seen a urologist because the urologist did the vasectomy. So they're more likely plugged into the system. And because of that, they're more likely to get screened. They're more likely to be picked up for prostate cancer. So one does not cause the other, but no. certainly having a vasectomy is a, a precursor for having adequate care that might later on uh, detect that. Yeah, one of the things, too, uh, doctor, is that uh, uh, it's part of your checkup, too, with your primary, and and you get the... The, the glove and all the other stuff, and then you get a, a reading, and hopefully it's 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 a one or something yeah, like that. We're, yeah. I mean, we've been doing all these shows, and we're dealing with numbers, you know, 116 over 78, or resting pulse rate, True. or triglyceride level. I mean, we're dealing with numbers here, too, and you're hoping you get a good read on the, the prostate stuff, and then you wonder you have problems, but that doesn't show up on on your readings, and you know, there's could be scar tissue in there. I mean, there's a there's other stuff that goes on. Yeah, right? there certainly is. I mean, the PSA is a uh, it's a very nice screening tool. It's the best that we have. It is certainly far from perfect. There's a lot of um, you know a lot of controversy around PSA screening, yeah. um, and and just really kind of interesting, you know, an interesting uh, way of of trying to help diagnose prostate cancer. But it's the best that we have. Right. So yeah. Well, and two, you're also in the information business too, doctor. Uh, uh, prostate issues and now you can go online mm -hmm. and get that Saul Palmetto whatever the heck it is let's call Saul here yeah. and for this Saul and you don't even know what you're getting I mean do you have to deal with that if somebody says I uh, I just got a whole truckload of, uh, of yeah. uh, whatever over online and you go what are you doing I deal a lot yeah, with yeah. that with, um, well, it's actually kind of interesting. So yeah. Salt Palmetto is one that we see. It's a, a common one. Um, and that's a little bit less concerning. But Salt Palmetto has the potential to decrease your PSA without changing your risk for prostate cancer. So if Mask. we use four as a cutoff and you take Salt Palmetto, the PSA reading 
which should be four, might be two, might be two and a half. And might you not biopsy that person? That's a possibility. What we also see commonly with what I deal with is patients that are looking for uh, testosterone supplement. So they'll say, hey, I got this thing online. It's supposed to improve my libido. What do you make of it? And, uh, and for the most part, you know, if you're buying it online and there's there's uh, no FDA regulation of anything over the counter but certainly uh it, it gives me a little pause yeah there's a lot of online stuff and commercials and all the other stuff and and maybe you have to cringe and say man and I, they're telling half the truth but not the yeah. rest of the story you know we get it though i mean yeah. everyone's looking for a, a cheap an quick ad. fix and that's life now okay. yeah you roll with it that's all right and that's where we are we're going to roll with it today dr michael bickle men's health we're coming right back here on the saint mary health line imagine stopping deadly heart attacks and strokes with a tiny patch the size of a coin. Imagine replacing and repairing 40 heart valves through a 2-inch incision. Imagine correcting irregular heartbeats with radio frequency energy. St. Mary Medical Center heart specialists solve the most complex cases with advances never before imagined. For a physician referral, call one eight four four seven saint mary St. Mary Medical Center. It's your health. Expect more. Repairing or replacing the water or sewer lines on your property can be costly. VCWSA offers a low-cost maintenance program to protect the pipes that run from your home or business to the mains in the street. For as little as $5 a month for residential customers and $10 for commercial, you're covered. Some property contributions and exclusions apply. Go to vcwsa.net for details or call 800-222-2068. Your partner for a safer environment. VCWSA proven. We now return to St. Mary Healthline. All righty. We are rolling, talking men's health. We got a, uh, uh, in the arena with Dr. Michael Bickle, who's been with St. Mary's. And uh, you're sort of on that, on that uh, path there where you're trying to rule out a lot of things, too, doctor, when you're, when you're in, in the arena there, right? You, there's so many different things. So let's, and sometimes medicine, you're ruling things out before you're honing in on what yeah. really is the problem problem right most definitely most yeah definitely. well we, we, we were you were talking about ed erectile dysfunction and uh common condition is it that common or are we are we underselling it or overselling it where where are we at here yeah it, it's a, it's a great question and it's somewhat hard to predict what the true incidence of erectile dysfunction is there's two ways that we kind of came to the the understanding the number behind you know we say 20 to 30 million american men suffer from ed and that's that's a lot you know how do you arrive at that number there there are two studies that were done they're both these population longitudinal studies so they took men and they started screening them and they followed them for a number of years. Uh, the first one was the Massachusetts Male Aging Study. It started in the late 80s. It was in and around the Boston area, and they identified <clears throat> approximately 2,000 men, and they basically followed them. They, they followed them with a history and physical and lab work three times over the next 30 years, and during that time, they would try to track these guys to determine what the incidence of ED. That study was for men aged 40 to 70, and when it's all said and done, much to their surprise, they said, wow, 52% of the men in this study have erectile dysfunction. And that's defined as either some difficulty with erections and also complete difficulty. That's really the, the, the way that they defined their ED. So 52%. There was another study that came out a little bit later <clears throat> that was a uh, population study, 10,000 people in the United States across the country. 
and they uh, had in-person interviews. It accompanied uh, about 2,000 men above the age of 20 were included for the ED component. And that one they found uh, found out about the same. And, and it's really based upon age. So obviously as we get older, yep. we're going to expect to see a little bit more erectile dysfunction. Looking at both studies, it puts us somewhere. Men between the ages of 60 to 69 roughly have a 44% chance of having erectile dysfunction. Men over the age of 70, greater than 70% have a, a incidence of erectile dysfunction. Wow. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly more common than... When they initially, you know, sought to answer that question, I think that they were probably underestimating the the incidence dramatically. And then once all the data kind of came together, they said, "Geez, this is a lot more people than we thought." Yeah. Well, hope, hopefully not. No one likes well, talking about it. That's no, why, you know. I wish we were all like Eddie Murphy. We could just uh, keep going, right? So, <laughs> yeah. how many kids or was Richard Gere as well? So things are working there. Uh, you mentioned the, the, the cardiovascular issue. Yeah. Uh, you get uh, heart issues, and you're talking about maybe blood flow, uh, injection fraction kind of thing, how much you're pumping out there. So that's, that's, a, that's a link, isn't it? Yeah, it's a really, really interesting link. And yeah. uh, I think it, it makes what I do s- seemingly a lot more important because, uh, you know, ED is erectile dysfunction. When you can correlate... You multiple fronts right now. Yeah, yes. yeah. Erectile dysfunction yeah. with cardiovascular yeah. disease. I mean, you're really elevating the importance dramatically. Um, and uh, and not to say that ED is not important. Of course, I've, yeah. that's what I, I focus on. But, yeah. you know, we're looking at um, somewhere men between the ages of 40 to 50, if they have erectile dysfunction, they are at a 50-fold higher risk of having a, a cardiovascular event than men without. And let that sink in. So if you're yeah. 40 to 50 years old, you are 50 times, and you have ED, you're 50 times more likely than someone without ED, that's your age, to have a cardiovascular event. And and the reason, it makes sense, you kind of hit on it earlier, but the, the artery to the penis is one millimeter. The artery to the heart is three millimeters. So atherosclerosis, you know, uh, hypertension, all of that, there's things that cause pressure. endothelial dysfunction. Yeah. So affecting blood vessels. Congenital in nature, maybe? Uh, there, there is some congenital ED, but that's actually, that's completely yeah. a whole separate issue. That's, that's another time. You're hitting guys that are, you know, don't that never got true erections. So yeah. 15 years old, 18 years yeah. old, they never got good erections. Yeah. I'm talking about the guy that's been able to perform. Was functional, uh, now is not. Yeah, and then now is not. And gradually is starting to get worse. Well, we know that the artery to the penis is going to get affected before the artery in the heart. You know, it's yeah. just you're taking something that's one lane and you're clogging it up with cars as opposed to a three-lane highway. Well, the you're one right. lane's going to get affected first is there a could there be a uh, uh, diet issue as well most um, definitely yeah, yeah I mean, diabetes uh, uh, di- i mean di- diet i mean dietary absolutely yeah, yeah they, okay. they both do i mean you know atherosclerosis can be affected by a number of things your your cholesterol uh, which of course is dietary derived uh, yeah. in large part and um you diabetes know a, a lot too? of other factors yeah. diabetes most certainly um and diabetes is a, a very, very important uh, risk factor. Smoking, um, oh, yeah. you know, and, and hypertension. Those are the big uh, risk factors for erectile dysfunction. Alcohol, which too? coincidentally mirror that of, uh, of heart disease. Alcohol, not as much. Not as much. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so there is, the, yeah, sure, and probably uh, dietary and supplements and things like that certainly would 
would certainly help, right? The omegas uh, and things like that. Yeah, uh, I mean, well, certainly you know, diet and exercise, yeah. so losing weight and uh, and staying fit, you know, eating appropriately will definitely help. You know, on, across a lot of domains, and I think it, yeah. you can use ED as a surrogate for just general health. Um, I think the omega, the omegas, and omega. uh, the uh, autoimmune, uh, uh, building the autoimmune system too, right? Uh, is that uh, could that be a, that could be something that could be like the firewall or something like that, or no? Um. Maybe, uh, well, possibly, possibly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think you tr- I think you would we'll try you would try anything that'll that'll increase your percentages, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. I think um, if you're if you're gonna be if you're looking at your your global health, yeah. the the best thing to kind of start is to examine, you know, what are your risk factors? Do you smoke? Do you have high blood pressure? Mm-hmm. Do you eat really a crummy diet? Do you not get enough exercise? I mean, all that stuff. I think we're all guilty on, will, on some level. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Will fit, will, will lead to a benefit in, in your overall well-being and, and of course, uh, help to to fight erectile dysfunction sure in the process. Thing. That's right. And uh, we're in the arena here with Dr. Bickle. And uh, remember, for more information or schedule an appointment with the doctor, 215-710-4490. Or visit the website, www.stmaryhealthcare.org, front slash men's health. And we're coming right back. Talk more here on WBCB. Imagine stopping deadly heart attacks and strokes with a tiny patch the size of a coin. Imagine replacing and repairing 40 heart valves through a two-inch incision. Imagine correcting irregular heartbeats with radio frequency energy. St. Mary Medical Center heart specialists solve the most complex cases with advances never before imagined. For a physician referral, call one eight four four seven saint mary St. Mary Medical Center. It's your health. Expect more. Ventresca Limited, the Delaware Valley's men's store, is located in historic Doylestown. For casual clothing and denim to business suits and tuxedos, Ventresca Limited has a large selection you have to see to believe. The experienced and knowledgeable sales staff can show you the many brand labels that have made Ventresca Limited in Doylestown a must for men concerned about their image. Select from Hugo Boss, Hickey Freeman, John Barbados, Alan Edmonds, and much more. Custom alterations are free. Visit Ventresca Limited on the web at ventresca.com. We now return to St. Mary Healthline. We're talking, and a lot of great information out there. Dr. Michael Bickle is here, and we're running a little OT today, but a lot of great information, too. Mentioned the ED factor, doctor, uh, the surgical treatments. I mean, people might be interested in... Say hey, get back in the game, and uh, you know, uh, you know. But uh, absolutely, how do you, you know, do it? What, well, basically, when I when I see a patient in the office, I, I'll try to leave saying the same thing to every single guy that has erectile dysfunction, and it's simply to say that it doesn't matter how long you've had ED for; it is a hundred percent treatable. You know, we can get anybody back into the game. There's yeah. there's certain. Uh, certain ways of doing it and it really just depends on how aggressive you want to be so yeah. the general treatment algorithm for erectile dysfunction starts with medications that's the viagra cialis levitia stendra stax and those are the ones that are commercially available in the united states about 75 percent of men will respond to those medications now this doesn't that statistic doesn't incorporate patients that have been treated for prostate cancer so they're sort of yeah. taken off the table uh now of course you you can treat 
men that have been treated for prostate cancer just the same otherwise, but the likelihood of success with medication alone drops dramatically. So then you then you focus on the 25% that have ED that's refractory to those medications. What do we have to offer those guys? There's injections, which guys tend to not like, and I understand why. They have to give themselves an injection to the side of the penis every time they want to have intercourse. But it works about 90 to 95% of the time. So if you ever heard a commercial and they say, you know, come and see me and you'll leave the office with an erection, you think, how, how is that possible? That's what they're talking about. They're, they're talking about injections, and they're right 90 to 95% of the time. Another option is uh, some more medication that you would, you would stick into the, the meatus, which is where you urinate from. Uh, guys obviously hate that. And then last but not least is a surgical option, which has the highest satisfaction rate. And, uh, you know, patients somewhere in the neighborhood of 90 95% satisfied. And uh, that will allow for erections in, in almost every single patient patient mm. and that's a surgical procedure in and out the same day they are back in the game within six weeks so it's a pretty dramatic turnaround for patients they haven't had erections for 10 20 years it doesn't matter they come in they leave the same day and six weeks later they're they're back in the game and uh, it's a standard operation's been done since 1975 and uh, we we do a lot of them so yeah I wouldn't <clears throat> recommend jogging home after your vasectomy though probably that would be a no no uh, no you probably yeah yeah, yeah you're probably <laughs> you have to, we probably have to, have to draw the line right about there. That's right. That's just, right. Just, uh, just an observation. Probably doesn't make any sense <laughs> at all. But uh, yeah, the 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 options you have, like, but at the same time, uh, doctor. One of the things I wanted to ask: uh, we're all on multiple meds. You could have heart issues, and sure. And all of a sudden, you're maybe taking some other things going on do you find that you you may have some interactions yeah. some uh oh, absolutely. Some, some interactions that may not be get a good result at all there yeah so, absolutely yeah and, and you hit the nail on the head there a lot of the cardiac medications for one they cause erectile dysfunction so yeah. uh, it's a tremendous number of medications that we use to help patients from a cardiovascular standpoint coumadin and, would be one i would think uh coumadin it certainly doesn't help um yeah. you know but uh some of the, the what we call the beta blockers like metoprolol and some of the antihypertensives, um, yeah. like the diuretics, they, they all have a possibility. You're working against yourself, too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. really are. Uh, and then some of them preclude the ability to use the Viagra or the Cialis. So in other words, you can't be on uh, a, a nitrate and also take Viagra. The two will interact and drop your blood pressure. So yeah. there's a lot of... A lot of things uh, that that make it somewhat challenging from that realm. But again, at the end of the day, I say this to everybody, and I, and I, I honestly mean it: that erectile dysfunction is completely treatable. You can right. do surgery and then be have it have it be a thing of the past. Not have to take medication. Not have to worry about. Of course, it doesn't affect uh, your in, in, the sensation. Doesn't affect orgasm. Anything like that. All that has remained intact. Yeah. So it's just kind of a yeah. Well, you deal with the hard issues. I mean, you deal with uh, a lot of stuff with blood thinners and uh, side effects and. Sure. Oh, uh, you're taking uh, stuff to, like Eliquis for, uh, yeah. for uh, to you know prevent stroke or yeah, at least be deal with that. So sure, and that sure. could have it on the other side there. That could almost be an aggravator at the same time, right? So you're kind of push pull there. Yeah, you yeah. know, a lot of the the medications they do they certainly cross react to multiple systems and and can can impair our ability to have uh, good erections. Do you have, uh, is there almost a game plan before action? I mean, is diet, lose some weight, exercise, and then pretty so pretty soon you're, you'd probably be helping yourself 
uh, all over, you know, mentally as well as physically yeah, too, right? Absolutely, and, and and part of that I think ties in there is testosterone levels. I mean, that's something that can be improved with the things that you mentioned, and and certainly help from a libido standpoint, and and can certainly help with erections. There is a misconception to say that, yeah, I have erectile dysfunction, I must have low testosterone. That's in fact not the case. Mm-hmm. The majority of the time, about two thirds of men with erectile dysfunction will have a normal testosterone. So, um, but but certainly, you know, treating testosterone or screening their testosterone, making sure that it is normal before embarking on treatment, treating erectile dysfunction. One way to do that certainly would be encourage some diet, uh, exercise, things like that. <clears throat> Doctor, there's also probably uh, 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 people who have circulation issues. That has to that has to be a factor somewhere. Uh, most, I mean, oh, absolutely. You yeah. get older, all of a sudden, it's just it just doesn't. It's you know, you get to you get your uh, blood taken you don't have the the you know the, the yeah. veins and it seems like a, when you were younger no problem and now there's a circula- circulation issues would be certainly a, a factor in, in what yeah, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, the, the most common. That's the most common underlying reason for for ED is uh, you know just inadequate blood flow. Yeah, you get the cold feet and everything else and yeah. uh, right so that's a function of that as well. So is there anything that boosts circulation? Is there a- Um you know not not Globally speaking, yeah. again, it probably would come down to the risk factors. So if you're a smoker, obviously stop smoking. If you have high blood pressure, getting that under control. If you're a diabetic, making sure your sugars are under control. I mean, those are the general principles that all lead to poor circulation um, and, and circulatory issues. So those are the general principles um, that work the best. They're also the most difficult. It's hard to tell a patient yeah. to to improve their diet to stop smoking to get more exercise to you know those are hard things that are hard to do is is there a a, a, like a pre uh i guess pre-test or whatever do you you, before you actually if there's any kind of operation in in fact is there any kind of lead-up program to that or certain tests that you would run to to find out function or lack of function there is yeah yeah, yeah, okay absolutely there is um for from a erectile standpoint, we do a, an ultrasound. It's much like an ultrasound that's done on a on a, a pregnant woman's belly, to, mm. so it's not painful, um, and it gives a tremendous amount of information. There's no radiation that's involved, and and it, it gives us a lot of information specifically looking at blood flow. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of that's that's a, a smoking neat thing would that be we do. one of them that would restrict something like that. Yeah. Right? Most definitely. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's your connection definitely. right there. Yeah. 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 Again, all this all yeah. those things that we talked about are, are impaired blood flow uh, to to organs, you know, the diabetes, smoking, hypertension, things like that. As we uh, wind down just a little bit here with uh, Dr. Michael Bickle, uh, I guess director of uh, men's health at uh, St. Mary's and Mm They, do they get to you from the primaries, doctor? How does how does yeah, how does how know, does the networking go? Multiple with you? different ways. How do you get so, involved? Yeah, I will get um, I get some referrals from other urologists that uh, don't do as much um, either treatment for erectile dysfunction or don't have as much experience treating uh, male factor infertility. There's a condition called Peyronie's disease, which leads to a penile curvature. It affects about 15% of the men, and and there's a lot of urologists that simply don't uh, do not want to, uh, you know, or don't have the interest in in handling that. So they'll send patients my way, which is excellent. And then a lot of patients I get from the primary care setting, and um, some from other other specialists, some from endocrinologists. So it kind of yep. you know, nice uh, you know, networking and, and cross communication between multidisciplines, which is important in medicine. Right, and, and on the on the flip side, there we're also encouraged to get our colonoscopies rather, yeah, rather uh, frequently too. Is uh, that you know sometimes you could find out if there's a bleed or something in there that's 
that's something that's taken away from you know, which would, would be restrictive. Yeah, I mean, a lot of patients will say, if I mentioned them, you know, we need to do an annual uh, rectal exam, a digital rectal exam as part of the PSA screening and prostate yeah. cancer screening protocol. They'll mention to me, well, I just had a colonoscopy. And it is a, it's an, it's a, a common source of confusion, you know, from a, a rectal exam from a urologist is specifically designed to evaluate the prostate, but it has nothing to do with, mm. the, with the majority of the colon, which a colonoscopy will do. So one does not replace the yeah. other. And Endoscopy uh, too. Sometimes yeah, they check to see yeah, if there are any kind of uh, digestive issues. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. mean, that's those. Uh, you know, they're also looking for some kind of bleed, uh, hemoglobin levels, and all the other things that go along with that. I mean, like again, once once again, numbers. Sure. Well, tell sure. the story and to sort of lead you to uh, where you're headed, right? So, all more more information you get, probably the better. Absolutely, the, the better off the yeah, and, patient and, and your and yourself would would be certainly confident of a a good outcome. Absolutely, yeah. yep, yeah. So that as we wind down there, uh, 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 doctor, uh, as we uh, wrap up here, just a couple of minutes, kind of like a final overview of uh, what you do and how they get to you. I'm sure some primaries are are referred to you, and mm-hmm. then you move on from there. Yeah, and, and uh, at the same time, uh, you're, we're talking about opening opening up uh, men's health and talk about it and be proactive for yourself. You know, it's funny about men's health, and I don't know how true this is about other aspects of medicine, but um, patients will tell me all the time, when, when they have a problem that they're seeing me for, they really don't like to talk about it. No one sits around with their, their friends and says, yeah, yeah, man, I've had ED for five years, or my yeah. penis is yeah, curved, yeah. or can't get my wife pregnant. I mean, yeah. It's things that guys just don't like talking about naturally, but after they see a specialist, and they get help, they don't stop talking about it. They'll say, man, I, I, I have a penile implant. It's yeah. the best thing in the world. I haven't had erections yeah. in 10 years. Now yeah. here I am. Yeah. So I get a lot of referrals just from patients uh, you know, that, that have yeah. been, yeah, that I've treated or have seen a colleague of mine somewhere along the line. They'll say, oh, you know, you should go see this guy. Or, or a patient will say, oh, I had a friend that had that done, and, and he, he was happy with it. Tell me more about it. So there's a lot of that, you know, communication. When men get treated for certain things, they don't they, they talk about it all the time, which is great. So. Do, you, do you go on the road lecture? about it or do you go to uh, you know, certainly, continuing education and things about yeah, it? yeah. C- certainly you know we've I've given lectures um, you know uh, all over the place for, for mm-hmm. topics like this across the country right and, for uh, men's health you, know, you see all those mm-hmm. guys you know mm-hmm. uh, that's uh, always these kind of articles always appear in those kind of magazines oh yeah the and they're great yeah, and yeah. It's, urology's a, a, a funny world in that it's it's quite small so we'll know I've, yeah. certainly I see an article in a, in a men's health journal I'll, I'll know the urologist that, that was interviewed or wrote about it yeah. and uh, it's just kind of a neat thing you yeah. know we all it's also the danger too of some <clears throat> misinformation somebody throwing stuff out or you sure. see stuff online and you sure. probably have to <clears throat> battle some of the urban legends that come in before they get to your office well i heard that well all right yes but no sure <laughs> right you sure. probably have to yeah yeah there was an interesting article that just came out it was about a study that was done at the university of utah and they looked at the correlation between the uh, size of a man's penis and their ability to be fertile it's kind of a really interesting yeah. thing yeah. um and and the urologist was complaining that he was really misquoted and it's he's not saying that having a small penis means that you'll be infertile it's more so saying that it's an interesting observation that we have and could it mean that 
globally a men's health, uh, a male's health is impacted by certain factors. And, and we see that with infertility. If your semen analysis is off, there's more likely something else at play. You know, is there something hormonally going on? Is there something with blood the count, diet? Blood count, blood, yeah. Yeah, things like that. Yeah. So it's kind of an interesting thing where they, they took one small snippet that is a, a big, you know, a big headline that sounds really interesting and sounds like, wow, look at that. But it, but it, 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 when you take it out of context, it can really be, um, you know, be misconstrued anyway. Yeah. And, and uh, I, certainly the urologist was, was upset about it. It's amazing that. it came out of Utah with all the Mormons. And That's right. Multiple yeah, wives. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah. is, is, there, is, there, is there something there that, we, <laughs> that we're missing? <laughs> I don't know. It's, I, guess I, I got yeah. the Oliver Stone conspiracy theories here. <laughs> anyway, we've been talking to Dr. Michael Bickle. And maybe you should, too. For more information, schedule an appointment with the doctor, 215-710-4490. A lot of great information out there and a lot of uh, hope, too, and good results. Oh, absolutely. Get to the website, www.stmaryhealthcare.org, front slash, I mean, you can say that more than one way, front slash men's health. That's right. And uh, get back in the game, right? So That's it. I love it. Yeah, yeah. it's a good good catchphrase. And you are you back are, in the game. And you're uh, uh, pumped up about all this stuff too, right? You're uh, really into it. As well I should be. Yeah. yeah right. You don't want to see a urologist that's doing this stuff that's not. You, yeah. know? you don't want to be someone that's casual yeah, I'll about do it. what I can. You know? Yeah. 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 That's not exactly who you want to be. But a lot of, a lot of <laughs> in, in my in my experience they found a hernia in an exam sure, looking sure. for something else. Yeah, so in a way in a way you, you you can find other things. Yeah, that sure. You, yeah, that, Diagnosed uh, testicular cancer, doing yes, the, you know things like that one. that you just don't uh, you, you 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 know you don't expect to see necessarily. But hey, it's, that's part of the uh, the screening process when you see your. But office. if you don't do anything, that's uh, that's that's not a plan. That's right. right? That's right. Doctor, thanks a lot for uh, for checking in with us on the on the St. Mary Healthline, and hope to have you have you back and more information. Maybe some new procedures are coming up. Hey, I, I would love the, it, love with, it. With Absolutely. all the R and D going on, it's uh, it's really good. A lot of a lot of great things are happening. At That's Mary's. right. And thanks right. a lot for uh, checking in with us. Yeah, thank you very much. It's great being here, Doctor Michael Bickle, Director of Men's Health at St. Mary's, on our hotline, our St. Mary Healthline, Wednesdays at nine here on BCB.